Welcome to Create Wealth Through Franchising. I'm your host, Kim Daly. Whether you're a CEO, a military vet, a real estate investor, or simply in career transition and ready to take ownership of your future, with each episode, you're going to learn valuable insights and hear inspiring stories from within the franchise industry. On that note, my guest stories are their own. And as a franchise consultant, I do not make personal brand endorsements or earnings claims, but I do educate, motivate, and inspire dreams. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to Kim Daily TV and Create Wealth Through Franchising Podcast. Our special guest for you today, she is a multi-brand franchisee coming all the way to us from Detroit, Michigan. Her name is Nora Farhat. Nora, welcome to the studio of Kim Daily TV. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to have you because you are a wonder woman. This woman is married with three girls. She owns multiple franchise brands, and she is going to tell us how she gets all the plates spinning and keeps them spinning and her sanity. (laughs) So Nora, why don't you warm us up a little bit by telling us a little bit about what you and your husband were trying to solve for in your life when you started thinking about becoming a business owner and turned to franchising? I love this question because actually, I think I'm like most people. I think I've always had a strong desire to have my own business, do my own thing. But like most people, I went down the track of corporate world and, you know, had my corporate job. And then I could see myself progressing there. I was, you know what, this could work. I could become a director and then a vice president. Um, But just through life events, I ended up actually moving overseas and I actually ended up working in Abu Dhabi for about almost eight years and great opportunities, corporate. But at that time, I had a young family and we were looking to relocate back to the U.S. and I was looking for a new job. And I remember telling my husband, I said, I think it's now or never. I think that this is the one time we kind of get to take that risk. And it felt a little bit less risky because I was transitioning back anyway. And I don't know if I would have had the guts to quit a job to do this, but I definitely had the guts to start looking around when we found the world of franchising. And I know people have sometimes negative connotations with franchises, business in a box, and I've heard it all, but I thought I'm an operator. I know what my strengths are. And if I team up with a brand that's kind of figured it out, I felt like I couldn't lose. It felt like it also kind of limited the risk a little bit. I was still a planner and I had kids and a family. So yeah, we started our journey just kind of doing what most people do, just lots of research, trying to see what clicks. I think our first business was British Swim School, which is a swim program for kids. I loved everything about it. I loved that you could scale it. I loved the low investment costs when you're first starting out. And I had young kids that needed swim lessons secretly. So I am the consumer of my products. <laughs> and even later, as you know, I kept growing my brands and looking into different brands, I think every brand was a brand of a service that I was looking for for myself. So that's been kind of my secret recipe on I am the customer. So I feel very connected to whatever product or services. And at that time, it was British Swim School. I thought, awesome, what a life skill. And I think I had some vision of the kids growing up in the background. And then you realize when you're working in the business, the kids can't come as often. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been a very exciting road since then. Amazing. So you jumped in. At what point did your husband decide to join the now family business of franchising? 
you know, we actually, we were both transitioning back at the same time. And the rule was that we would do this until we had to find a real job. So we both kind of jumped in head first. We joke around. We started it off very mom and pop shop style. Like I was answering every phone call. He was teaching a swim lesson. And, you know, we would joke. I'd be like, here's what your master's degree is finally paying off, you know, (laughs) but it was such a wonderful journey. Being able to take that kind of risk feels so scary and it feels so intimidating. So when people tell me, but I'm wor- I'm like, oh my God, we all are. The only difference is that we kept going and we kept doing it against our own feelings or against that own like little gut feeling of being a little bit nervous or scared. I've always been, I think, and I think this is a difference between entrepreneurs that do and the ones that don't. I think a lot of people talk about it, but I think to actually rip the bandaid or to take the small steps every single day, it's that taking action part of it that I think is all the difference. It is the difference. So I always tell people small little steps every day, just take one step closer towards it. And without even realizing it, you're doing it without even realizing it. Wait, I am the CEO of my own company and I'm making those decisions. I've been a hard worker my entire career. That didn't change whether I worked corporate or for myself. But now I really get to say I do it for myself because I recognize that every time I take a call or I do a meeting, that has a direct benefit for my family and for my business and what I believe is an important service to the communities. Hey, Daily Coach fans. If you're loving this episode, please do me a quick favor and leave me a five-star rating and a short review. Your feedback fuels my growth and rankings and shows others that this podcast is valuable. Now, back to the show. I mean, what better way than putting your feet to the fire and being like, if we're diving in, we're diving in like head first, everybody's in this and we're going to make it work. That's the fastest way to make sure it's going to work because nobody wanted to go back and get another job. (laughs) Yes. The idea of, and you know what, having kids and the amount of flexibility that it requires. I mean, I, I joke, but I'm serious when I say, I don't know how people with corporate jobs do it, you know, and I know some people look at us and they say, how are you doing it? I I don't know how you're doing it when somebody else controls your time so much. We at least have the flexibility of having our schedule a little bit where we're able to move things around as needed. But you know, on the other side, we work seven days a week and we're always on and there's always somebody on the phone and but we've integrated our life, our hobbies and our work and our family are it's all just one. We don't distinguish between them doesn't really feel like work. It's not like you're in some daily grind where you're waking up to make the donuts, if you will. And and then somebody else gets all the reward when it's all for you and you're passionate about what you're doing. And you know that at the end of the day, like you said, you're working with your husband and your kids are involved and everybody's in this. It's every for your future benefit doesn't really matter, right? Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday, it's like the same. And you have multiple businesses. So we'll come back to that point. But is that what kind of you're saying? A hundred percent. You know, and in the beginning, I used to have those moments where I would have, uh, all my moms know this, right? Like that little bit of guilt, like, oh, I'm going to run off to work or I'm dropping them off at a day, you know, a nanny or, you know, but then I thought, wait, I love what I'm showing my daughters. I have three girls and I love the messaging around that. I kind of looked at it like, you know what? My entire life, I have known that I had to work hard and that I had to hustle and that anything I wanted, I had to work towards. But then how do you raise kids with that same kind of mentality that maybe did not have the same struggles and maybe you know more privilege or more opportunities than that were on the table for me? And I thought, this is how I'm going to give them that. I'm going to give it to them through example. I'm going to tell them, hey, yes, 
yes, I work and this is how we work and hard work is what leads us to, you know, this level of success and watching them grow up around it. And I think them seeing it is, I really, really believe it's been such a blessing. Oh my gosh. You're so inspiring. So for me, it took away all that, those guilty feelings or those feelings of just not doing enough. You know, obviously I can't sign up for homeroom mom. I have to run off or, you know, those kind of things. But it made me in a way turn the narrative to show them that, hey, actually, this is what it looks like. And you should be proud. And this is one day what you could build, you know, with this level of work and discipline and organization. And all my moms know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, every single mom, every single working mom, including Kim Daly, knows exactly what you're talking about, Nora. But I 100% agree with you. I spend so much time talking about the legacy that people want to build because the moment that you turn to business ownership and you stand up to your dreams, you are now showing your children something different. And let's be real, as parents, we know that our children don't do what we say. That's why we get aggravated. They do what we do. (laughs) So if you want to be the role model, right, if you want your children to be business owners and not have to go into corporate America and deal with the politics and all of that, the best way to teach them how to do that is for you to chase your own dream of entrepreneurship and use franchising as the model to buy down the risk and lessen the learning curve, right? And provide that leverage so that you can work on your business rather than in your business faster. And then that's what's going to free you up to build scale. So, I mean, you are so inspiring. Your girls are so lucky. They are all going to grow up and be super strong, independent women, which we love, right? Like that's amazing. I have the same thing. I have two teenage boys. They talk about going to business school. They want to take over mom's business. Mom, what kind of business are we going to start first? Like there's no thought in their mind that they're going to go get a job. I don't even know if they really understand what that even means because (laughs) mom works from home and they see me working all the time and that's just ingrained in them. And the same thing when they were young and I had nannies here with them, I was blessed to be able to be home and kind of like be near them, Mm -hmm. but I still wouldn't trade the time. I remember feeling a little bit guilty, but I'm so passionate about what I do and that passion makes me a better mom for them because I'm just passionate and happy because I'm fulfilled, right? Not resentful about what I may be like, you know, oh, I didn't pursue my dreams because I, you know, chose to do this. So everybody has to do what's right for them. But I 100% agree with everything you said. And I find it incredibly inspiring. I know a lot of women will as well who are listening in. So you own multiple brands and you've sort of mentioned your strategy. So you like to be the customer. Is that how you kind of decide what the next brand is going to be? So that's one Mm -hmm. question. And then I'm, I'm very curious, like how quickly do you add on another business? Your great questions. Let me say by starting out, British Swim School to us was the very first business. It took me two to three years to what I felt was stabilize that business, where I felt like it was running, the service was up and running, staffing, training. I figured out the business. I mean, I was a hundred. And your husband got out of the pool. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't think I could convince him to jump back in at this point. But the reality was, it took two to three years before I even sat down to even somebody to tell me, bring another business. I would have been like, are you crazy? I'm drowning in this one. I'm trying to figure it all out. And I love, I'm a hands-on person. I do get into the details because I think that the strengths in the details. And then I remember hearing somebody speak and they said something about 
I don't know, they had like a hundred locations of some business. And I remember going, I, I just literally do not understand how that's even possible. Like it couldn't be, I couldn't even process it. And I remember walking up to them and saying, how, how does somebody own more than one business? I'm drowning in one. And he said, when it comes to the way the business is run, 80% is good enough. And I know that that sounds like I'm saying work less than you can. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But when I accepted that things don't have to be at that level at 100% or it's a failure, it really helped me shift my mindset. It was even with staff, you know what? I I was trying to get them to 100%, but I can't duplicate how I would handle a situation or customers. I'm like, no, but I need to educate them and I want them to love us and I want well, guess what? Some don't. (laughs) Um, And some of them, regardless, you know, people have their own perspectives on things. I can't change that. So I kind of use that as my 80% is good enough rule with pretty much everything. Once I got British Swim School to the point where I thought it was stable, we had the staff, it was running, and I saw that my time was being freed, I did what I do, my hobby, keep growing, keep building. And then it allowed me to keep adding businesses that I thought were great businesses or offering great services. You know, we do pool scouts. That's a pool service, home, residential, and commercial pools. Well, guess what? We had a pool at that point. We had expanded our British Swim School brand. We had built our pool. And I could not find a single company to service us because in the Metro Detroit area, pools are a little bit more limiting, meaning that vendors are more limiting. And that added my next business to my portfolio. It's one business at a time. I don't just jump in all hands on deck. I really do take the pride in knowing my entire business fully. I can probably jump in tomorrow and be a pool technician. I can be the swim instructor. I could answer the phone call. I could run the system. But my expectations are that I know it. So I understand what I'm asking people to do that I know what that customer experience side of it, like I said, I am the customer. When it came to the swim program, I was like, this better be flexible. This place better be spotless. I don't want to bring my kids to a program that looks icky and it's got that kind of kid vibe, you know, of dirtiness a little bit, like most kids programs, right? So those things started to become what was important to me because I was the consumer. I am exactly my customer. So I guess my first rule is 80% is good enough. So when you're going crazy, it's okay. You're at 80%. And the second part is one step at a time. I didn't see this eight years ago. I wouldn't have told you I could do this eight years ago. But every year as we stabilize, and now I have a full service call center. Well, how do you maximize a call center? Well, maybe I could get another company that could also use that same call center. So now I'm kind of figuring out my costs a little bit. It was really one step at a time. But once I got that infrastructure, what I call kind of the core corporate support system, adding additional services did not cost me or take the time. You know, it would take somebody if they were starting it from scratch. So I think what we did was we just built upon what we had. And you'll notice a lot of my companies are very service-based because we feel like we've become, that's our kind of prime area. When we started property management, real property management, that was because we started to invest in properties. And then we said, well, who who manages them? (laughs) I guess now we do, right? So it really, they have a personal connection with the fact that I think those are services that either we were looking for or we thought that we could do them better. I love the franchising. I know it's not for everybody for various reasons. Some people, I I think there's a statistic and they say like the the haircutting franchises, the ones that do the worst are the actual hairdressers (laughs) because they think they know better. I don't think, I'm not arrogant enough to think I know better. I know how to operate, but I'm not the expert in swim lessons. So when I find a program like British Swim School that I knew was amazing and that I would want to register my kids, I knew what I was getting. 
you know? So I, I think that that's an important component of franchising is that you also have to love what it is that you're signing up for. That way you stay true to the brand and to the services and you don't sway from it. What you bought was the quality of, you know, that franchise, whatever brand it was. Hey, Daily Coach fans, if you're ready to begin your own journey to find the perfect franchise, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My services are totally free for you. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. Now, back to the show. To summarize what you said, like it reminds me of like becoming a mom, like the first baby you have changes your life the most, right? You're like, our first kids are always neurotic because we're so neurotic, right? But then you have a second (laughs) kid and you're like, you, you already know what to expect. So it's the learning curve is way less. And by the time you get to three and four, like my mother always says like, and you can see it, like I'm one of four, right? My, my, my youngest sister, she's the fourth, like she just raised herself. Like it was just follow suit with the other three. Like, so it gets easier and easier as you go. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you say, right? The first business took the longest for you to get into the growth mindset of operating your own business, but then adding additional businesses underneath has been a lot easier because you already understand how to do it. Yes. A hundred percent. And some people do that through the same brand. So, you know, they love one brand and they keep adding. Now they're like three locations, four locations, six locations. For us, because I believe that it was all in, it felt like all our eggs were sitting in the same basket a little bit, right? Me, my husband, my family, we all, we needed that one business. It kind of felt like, you know what? Let's diversify a little bit. We we like different things. We have different interests. So I think for us, we did that same trick, but we did it with different brands yeah. because we saw different types of potential, especially I think your market speaks to you, your community. Where are you at? You know what services. I mean, we're all consumers. So I always say just start locally. What do you love? And if you love it, don't touch it. But what do you think is missing or what do you think could be improved upon? You know, and I think those are really important questions when you're looking for something to start. It's amazing, Nora. You are definitely amazing. I love how you said, I did what I do. I I pursued my hobby, which is growth. Like that was so beautiful. I was smiling. If you're not watching the video, I was smiling from ear to ear because, you know, I found this formula in Forbes magazine that said success equals 20% strategy and 80% mindset. And I made a video, a short on this on Instagram recently because it's like, wow, what a shocking thing to hear if you're a franchisee who believed that by buying that franchise, you had everything you needed to be successful, right? (laughs) But I think that that's why there's so much mediocrity in franchising and so many people who are not really living to their full potential or living the life they thought they were saying yes to when they signed that franchise agreement because they're leaving out the 80%, which is their own personal growth and mindset. You have the successful business when you become the business owner worthy, right? You have to figure out how to serve people before you can receive the money. And so it's that growth mindset. And because business is so dynamic and it's always changing, we can't rest on our laurels. What worked yesterday may not work tomorrow. And that's okay. As long as you are continuing to grow, it's not exhausting. As you can hear in her tone, as you can hear in mine, it's the passion of what we do, right, Nora? Oh, 100%. I love what we do. And you know, I know people always talk about work-life balance. The reason I can't answer that question is because I don't know what it means. We just, in 
integrated everything. We have beautiful moments. I can eat lunch in the middle of the day with my husband. I go pick up my kids on time, but then I still hustle and I can stay up late and get my work done and reach out to employees. And I love that. Now, business doesn't buy you flexibility right away, as most people know, <laughs> but you build to that. You get to that point because you continue to back, you know, reinvest in it and let it grow the way it should. Amazing. You are so inspiring. I know this episode is going to inspire so many people, especially the working women who are listening in today. Nora, God bless you. And thank you so much for being our amazing special guest here. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. I'm so excited and I'm, you know, glad to share, you know, some of my own experiences because I know everybody's experience looks different, but we use other people's stories to keep us moving forward and growing. So I hope that served this purpose. It's amazing. And that's exactly the point of Create Wealth Through Franchising. It's the Storytellers podcast because Nora and all of the other franchisees that I interview tell the best stories in franchising, right? I can say it. The franchisor can say it. It's sort of like when I say something to my kids, they look at me like, I don't think so. If coach says it or teacher says it, they hear it. (laughs) So we have to keep telling the story so that you, the listener can hear it. And if you are hearing this today and you are ready to begin your journey to consider what's the right franchise investment for you, you know that I want to be your daily coach. Please follow the email on the screen right now or reach directly out at inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. Nora, thank you so much again for being my guest today. Thank you so much, Kim. And until next time, my name is Kim Daly and I want to be your daily coach. You can find more content just like this on my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. And if you're inspired to take the next step to explore franchises matched to you, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. 